0: Miller and Condon. Ken Miller, oh, mama! Trent Condon. Four. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point
1: three KXNO. All right. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three KXNO, for the next three, five, seven hours. AXNO is back to local programming. I appreciate you spending at least the start of it uh, here with uh, with us uh, this morning. BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. We're going to talk with uh, Matt Poston to kick off the uh, program. At about 11.30, uh, we will get into the Big 12. Uh, perhaps another expansion on the horizon for the Big 12. We shall see if the goalposts really been moved again by Klyavkov and the Pac-12 is willing to open up and swallow uh, the load of crap that's being fed to them. Now it's June the 30th. Oh, boy. Uh, anyways, we will talk Big 12 more than expansion. I uh, will go around spring football, just what the conference is going to look like with our buddy Matt Postens, who's very good at what he does, at Heartland College Sports, a terrific resource uh, for the Big 12. Uh, our number two. Oh, Matt Manasaran, Sports Info Solutions. Yes, we are a week and two days now away from round one of the NFL draft. Matt Manasaran, former NFL scout with both the Saints and the Browns. We are going to take a look at the regional teams today. What uh, Matt Manasaran and the folks over at Sports Info Solutions think that the regional teams are going to do. One of them is in a real conundrum. That would be the Packers as the Jets. And the Packers, who is going to blink first? So we'll talk NFL draft to k Kick off the second hour. And then Iowa Wild Hockey with the voice of the Wild, Ben Gisleson. Wilder in the playoffs to begin their three-game series on the road. Best of three on the road before coming back here on Friday night at 7. If Game 3 is necessary, uh, it will also be uh, played here. But it's been a long time. In fact, in the uh, club's history, they've only been in the postseason once. They're back this year. Last time they were uh, in the postseason, there was an absolute a uh, palpable buzz uh, surrounding hockey, and it just grew as the uh, uh, as the days uh, went closer to summer. We shall see. Trans plays of the day coming up before we get out of here at 1 o'clock. Circus Sports sponsors. One of us is bright-eyed and bushy-tails. One of us watched hockey after into the second overtime period. You would think it would be the Canadian, but it wasn't.
2: No, it was not. Yeah, you got to be salivating over there. I'm ready to talk some hockey today. Well, let's go. It was... A very enjoyable experience last night. Uh, A late experience. 1 a.m. is when it ended. Now, I'm usually up late, so it wasn't that big of a deal for me, but it was riveting. It was entertaining. Playoff hockey
1: at its best, right?
2: Everything that you talk about, everything Mm -hmm. that hockey fans talk about. And I know there's plenty of people out there that hockey just isn't their thing. I know. If you're a fan of sport, if you just enjoy competition, Yeah. Give it a try. I agree. Jump on a team, whatever it is. Maybe it's Ken's Jets, maybe it's the Wild, whatever it is, mm-hmm. find a team. Yeah,
1: Take the Wild, don't take the Jets, you'll be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, Minnesota, six straight yeah, playoff true. exits in the first That's round. A fair so. point. Yeah, let's let's slow down uh, on the love fair of the wild po- fair on top point. of it. But fair point.
2: Just edge your seat for me hours. Mm-hmm. And I'm flipping back and forth between the Kings-Warriors game. Which was that.
1: really good. Well, the Kings-Warriors, I thought you were yeah. talking about the Kings and the Oilers, which was good, too. I got to see
2: the overtime winner in that one. Mm-hmm. One of the most beautiful plays. Oh,
1: spectacular. That was so good.
2: Tic-tac-toe, was Butch Grass on the call. He was yeah. good. Yeah. The beginning of the second overtime, I'm watching LaPanta on Bally Sports. Okay, yeah. Because the they get the out. first... Oh. Crap. Oh, 209. Right. So I get back over there, I'm flipping back. It was probably about a minute, but it was right at the beginning. It was maybe 30 seconds. I wonder what happened. Did it ever come back? It did. And it did after about a minute. But it was about a minute where, first it was this loud screeching sound. I'm like, great, I'm going to wake up the house. Because it was awful, just an awful sound. And then it brought up the technical difficulty uh, placard. Uh huh. And then, yeah, they got it back very quickly, but... Can you imagine if there wasn't a second option? Uh,
1: and you've invested all that time. Right. Your, and your squad's involved in uh-huh. it. Uh, or you may have bet either side in it. Oh, you'd be apoplectic. Ryan Suter's a punk.
2: That's my biggest takeaway. What? Yeah. Just all game mm-hmm. long
1: cross-checking Karel Kaprizov. Mm-hmm. All game up mm-hmm. and down the ice. It was chipping. Every team's best player is getting that kind of treatment over the next two months. First to 16 wins the cup. Uh, and until somebody gets to that point, every team superstar is getting that treatment in the playoffs. And he was getting it. And was. It was suitor. And it was him time after time after time, wasn't it? So, did what, you see Dumbas check behind the. Yeah, uh, yeah he got a lot of booze after ooh, that one. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, Pavelski, I don't know. I mean, he was, you know, if he was a cartoon, you see those little birds mm-hmm. flying around his head. I'm not sure he knew what ring or city he was in because that was, boy, oh, boy, right to the chops. Uh, I don't think there'll be any supplemental discipline. No, probably not. I don't think so. Not, in, not in the playoffs. It, right? was a, it was a tough. It was a tough play, but it was a two-minute penalty at the end of the day. So,
2: other takeaways, and I'm just catching up here to hockey. So okay, yeah. Probably roll your eyes. <laughs> Jason Robertson, hes really good. Huh? He's really good.
1: Born and in L.A., I want to say, or in California.
2: California born, kid, yeah. yeah. He—he's uh, really talented. You can yep. see. He had a couple yep. of really good looks in uh, the overtime. Their period. best
1: offensive threat, and a young player too. Third
2: period. Dominated by the stars. Overtime dominated by the stars. First, and,
1: first and second overtime. I uh, Both, both. Yeah. Really? The so the wild stole one.
2: They did. They killed two penalties in overtime. And wow. One of them was <laughs> how? I mean, you talk about a guy standing on his head. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of those mm-hmm. moments, but maybe the biggest play. It's a guy that I brought up, and I, I'm I'm already ready to get the jersey. <laughs> yeah. Brock
1: Faber. Yeah. The block shot. Is that what you're going to go? Because yes, I. I listened to the NHL Network driving in in the morning, mm-hmm. and that's all they were talking about. Um, from Ankeny to Des Moines was this kid's game last night.
2: And I'm texting with my buddy that I've talked about that lives up in the city. He's the single guy. That yeah. he's, so he's up. He's up, yes. Yeah. And he said that's the biggest story in hockey up there. Huh? He said they can't get enough of it. And then to make that play. Wow. Then it was, for all intents and purposes, wide open. And he dives, barely gets a stick on the puck. It goes... Up on the goal and uh and shoots high. It was over. Mm-hmm. And Faber, it was a hustle play to the nth degree. He's in there, he's playing. They've used a lot of the fourth line. I said you need to get Reeves out there and just show suitors what's up. Yeah, he's except, a big Canadian lad. No, he's Winnipeg
1: boy. <laughs> he's um, a big guy. No, he's he's a big tough boy, but uh-huh. you just can't. You gotta stay out of the box.
2: They had that fourth line with Faber. Reeves was on it for a while. Played really, really mm. well. And that was one of the things that LaPanta was talking about is really both these teams, both the Wild and the Stars. They say we are deep teams. We This is, and for Dean it, it was, we're not, Evison. Ab- yeah. It was not going to be, hey, Krill, you know, all those guys, you got to play 40 right. minutes here. Right, it was. It's a grind. You got to play your. You got to
1: play your bench.
2: And they absolutely did. And ultimately, had a lot of tired legs too. That's another thing you Ugh. see by that second overtime. Those guys are dead tired. Yeah, and the heavy legs. And it looked like the stars were going to get one, but the play of Gustafson, he was excellent. And
1: and I thought he was a little shaky early in the he game. He
2: was. Well, the two power play goals were right off the face off. Yeah. It was easy. Yeah. I mean, it was just boom, boom, and they had another one. I, I think late in the third maybe is in overtime same thing and they got a great shot right off of that one but they basically played to a standstill on the face-offs that was a huge key coming into the game look could you go i am into this <laughs> now tonight
1: I'll watch your Jets. Well, good, because I probably won't get through. But um, You're not going to get th- No way. No, I won't get through. They're I'll up 2-1. First- I'll get the through third. the first two periods, shut my phone off, hide my iPad, get up in the morning, start the coffee, and watch the game like it's just, uh, you know, I just went to the bathroom or something. But it's not the same. Yeah, I know it's not the same, but I just can't make it. I can't. What is it, 830? Uh, it'll probably be 845 puck right. drop. Yeah. 1130. At best. Yeah. I don't know. It's just so late. But you know what? I get it. It's uh, And I feel bad for, for Wild fans, for yes. Stars fans. They're in the central time zone. Mm-hmm. But you know what? you got to look after the eastern time zone, too. Mm-hmm. And those games go early and you go late. It's TV. Could you make it 5, 530 for the two games? I wish start... they would. They, they should. Push it up an hour, uh-huh. especially for... If they're making it inconvenient for three time zones, why yeah. don't you do a little something to you know, make the E.T.? I uh, Have to uh, you know t- taste a little bit of this inconvenience that is playoff, especially hockey and
2: for Winnipeg Central Time Zone. Yeah, right? yeah. Dallas, yeah. Minnesota,
1: Minnesota. I mean, all of them. It would make a
2: lot more sense mm-hmm. if you could move it up. And you're still talking about a six o'clock puck drop out there in the East Coast, right? All right, get off work a little early.
1: I'm you with can you. Make it. I'm with you. Preaching to the choir
2: because how many people are actually up at one a.m.?
1: Well, apparently the building there was a quarter full.
2: It was. I was shocked, especially after the first overtime. Yeah. And right away, there were swaths of open seats. Now, I think people from the upper deck started to fill in. Don't blame them. And I would love to see what the upper deck looked like there. Empty,
1: (laughs) apparently. Right. According to Michael Russo
2: from The Athletic. (laughs) But it was, well, it was a late night. And Dallas is a huge area. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of people, it's not just, hey, got 10 minutes home. It's not like coming from (laughs) Wells Fargo Arena. Yeah. You're head naked. Anywhere. (laughs) Right. A little bit different when you're living in Dallas and how spread out that is. So... Hey, I, I enjoyed it so much. I can see where your love of the game comes from because it is beautiful as a fun. Now, if they would have lost, yeah, uh, tenor would be a little bit different. I think this morning.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it's interesting, Trent. I'm anxious to uh, t- to see the playoffs as they go on. Uh, the Faber story is, f- is phenomenal. They they had to make a trade. The, the-, the Wild are in cap. Hell. And they had to give up one of their most important cogs in their team last year, a guy by the name of Kevin Fiala, who they just couldn't afford. They wanted to resign him, but they couldn't resign him because he just they they had no cap space because they're paying for Suter and they're playing for Parisse. So they traded Kevin Fiala to the Kings. You know they got back in return? Brock Faber. (laughs) Oh pretty damn good trade. That worked out. A he's a local boy, Mm -hmm. and B, they're gonna plug this kid in the lineup, and I hate to say it. You can play for 10, 12 years. Yes. And he's a good player. Mm-hmm. And he's in the Central Division. Didn't look scared out there. No. Never
2: was nervous. I mean, this is like third game in the
1: NHL.
2: Here's the playoffs. Texted good. with my buddy last night. He's like, yeah, it's take, taking us off the couch from our, our place in college and just throwing us into a game. Like, yeah. It's unthinkable.
1: No, and, it really is. How much basketball did you watch? How much Kings Golden State did you watch?
2: As much as I could. Quite a bit. Yeah. I watched it. And during the fourth quarter, that had a majority of my time there. The Warriors coming back. All right, here they come. Mm-hmm. They're going to finish it off. And yep. they're going have... And the Kings had a response every single time. I didn't see live, though, the Draymond yep. kerfuffle. Uh-huh. What was your takeaway on that?
1: Look, he grabbed his leg. So he grabbed his foot. There's that
2: still picture where you see Sabonis, and he's got it wrapped. Yes. But when you watch it in real time, it's, it's a... Split second.
1: I think Draymond Green was taking advantage of the fact yes. that there's my excuse to do what I'm about to do. Absolutely. That is a I don't way think to it's it. a suspend. I don't think a suspension should follow. I think Sabonis is as guilty, eh, maybe not if I'm assigning blame I mean 60-40 sure. Green yep. because he did grab his foot and it's not much north of that. No. Uh-uh. Yes, Sabonis. Now fights. I think he probably you know embellished a little bit. He's rolling around and he became a. Yeah. I mean, he's a Euro, so he's that's got that soccer background. Right. You know what? Maybe he's not. Maybe he was born here because dad was an Alva player. Yes, he was. Oh Russian. my God, Lithuanian.
2: Lithuanian.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he was Lithuanian.
2: I thought he played for the Russian national team, and that's why he never came over until late in his. Jesus, career. now he
1: got me wondering, dread Arvidas Sabonis. I thought he was a Lithuanian boy. seven two. He's
2: not your, Arvidas. He's not. No,
1: he's uh, he's I don't what know. What was
2: Craig Kilborn's line? He's arse. I mean. that's
1: right. <laughs> that's, I forgot about that boy. He was good, wasn't uh, he, Kilborn? Oh, he was so good and gone. Just boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there. Um, him and Patrick, phenomenal. And boom, he was gone.
2: He is Lithuanian. You yeah, had that.
1: I made the call. You nailed it. Um. When did he get here? He was late in his—and he had bad—by the time he got here, his knees were shot.
2: Well, people talk about him as a playmaker. and You saw him as a facilitator. Yes. He was—you think of Draymond Green, a great big-band uh-huh. passer. That was him. And a guy that could barely get up and now the no, floor. It, it, it hurt watching him run. He came over, let's I'm see. saying, I'm. he was well into his 30s. So he was with the Soviet national team. I did have that. I'm going to give it to you. After the breakup of the Soviet Union, that's when he went to his native Lithuania. Okay. And became independent at that point. So 95, 96 is when he came over. At that point, he would have been, let's see, he was born in 64. So yeah, he was already
1: 31. Okay, 31.
2: So early 30s. By the time that he came yep. over. But you hear people that mm. talk about him when he played as a 20-year-old. Mm, yeah. One yeah. of the world's best players. He could shoot the ball yep. incredibly well. Another thing that we didn't see from big guys back then. He was he was a unicorn. No, and he was so fun to watch. Now, son likes to embellish.
1: He's a good player, though.
2: <laughs> yes, he He's is. He's a good player.
1: A lot of flop. he when he came over. He was part of the Halliburton trade, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was. He, I'm sure he yes, was. Yeah. I think those were kind of the I think big, they're the principles in the trade. Yes. I think he was. Let's get Jeff in here. Um, yeah, fun game. Keegan Murray just can't get going now. Looks like the NCAA tournament he does. It's <laughs> like he sees Richmond across the uniforms <laughs> of the Warriors. Apparently, uh, Jeff, welcome to the program. Thanks for being patient. How are you?
0: Good. Uh, first, with the Sabonis thing. So, the possession before the incident. Um, Post game, Clay Thompson was talking about how he thinks that Sabonis tried to trip him. Um, so you want to talk about implications, he trips and you could say it's, you know, wasn't meant to be or not, but if Clayton Thompson tears another ACL, because he thinks somebody tried to trip him is, is horrendous. Sabonis got hit in the face early in the first half and he's crying, like literally crying and, and rolling around, you know, did, did, did he get, you know, hit in the stomach? Yes. Did he embellish? Like you said, Yes. Um, do I think that Green should be suspended? Absolutely not. He got tossed. Now, here's what I here's what I did not like. So that happened. They look at it. He's over on the bench, like, you know, hyping up the Mm -hmm. crowd. Where's Mm -hmm. Steve Kerr? Where's Steve Kerr? Where's an assistant coach? Where's Curry? Like they let Draymond be Draymond and then it absolutely did nothing for them. So they hit a couple threes. I think it was Clay hit back to back threes, you know, to get it to to I believe even, and then like you guys talked about, they the Kings hit them. <coughs> boom, boom. Then they're up by four again. There's something missing with the Warriors, and here's what I'll say. Here's what I think. Look at their bench. Okay, they have Poole, Poole who plays absolutely no defense. Yeah. None. And, and very little
1: is? offense yesterday. He
0: is a liability. That's why he doesn't play in the fourth. And then you have Moody. Nobody knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Kamingo was supposed to be some all-star, mm-hmm. and they haven't traded him. He is nowhere to be found. Peyton. They traded wise Peyton, now Peyton had a great game. Yep. Okay, Peyton had 13. He was one of the only ones really rebounding on the glass. You look at uh, um, uh, Wiseman. Maybe they traded him too early because they have no backup for Looney. So my point is they have no bench help besides Peyton. Now, as a correction in the game three, maybe you start Peyton. I don't know because uh, there's something missing defensively through their movement, through their, you know, they, they sink with the help on the drive, and then they're just getting uncontested three uncontested now yes did curry go three for ten from three is he you know is he prime curry maybe maybe not we'll see but i'm not jumping off the defense okay the series people people forget because i'm getting calls and texts the series don't start until you lose the game at home mm-hmm. sure so the kings help the yeah kings help sir they're, they're
1: 2-0 but so they got to the cut series. down on the turnovers jeff turnovers killed him too I-
0: and, and and here's the thing with Poole. People want to give Curry crap with his turnovers. And, yeah, some of them are very lackadaisical. But you know what you're going to get with Curry offensively? People just say Jordan Poole's the Curry 2.0. No. no. People need to stop that. Stop that. That That is 100% not true. Jordan Poole is, I, is such a liability. I really don't know if he should even really be playing that much. I don't know how many minutes he had. But that's where
1: Uh Let the, me look. Uh, 16.
0: Sixteen turnovers. They can't do that now at home. I think. Oh, I said minutes. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Minutes. Yeah, sixteen minutes. But they're going to play completely different at home. Now, and we got to remember, Golden State was the worst team on the road. They were. Mm-hmm. Like, let's, yep. not forget, yep. let's not yep. forget. Yep. about so that. got to steal one really, now, though. Well, they do now. Let's but and let's be honest. Both those games were winnable. It's not were, like mm-hmm, the teams mm-hmm, went there and mm-hmm. beat them by 15. So if you hold serve at home, and let me ask this to Trent. Let's say they hold serve both of them at home or yep. 10. Game five or game seven on the road, who you got? Maybe the <laughs> Kings right the now.
2: It's, I understand where you're going with this. But the Warriors are still in proven mode to me. This this ineptitude you know on the been, road. You know what has been good for them? W- Wiggins has been good the first time. Yes. And you're right. Coming yep. off of that kind of layoff yep. to be as good as he has been, that's been a sight for them. You can play this both ways. It's... Warriors have mm-hmm. the past the Kings obviously are this season and how bad the Warriors have been on the road and because of that I got to see it I'll tell you we get to a game 7 though oh, side boy. me
1: up yeah so what are you going to watch, you know, Trent? You're going to watch the Game Seven of the uh, Warriors Kings. You're going to watch your Minnesota Wild in the Game that'll Seven. That'll be a two TV setup. <laughs> yeah. And
0: Ken, I'm I'm with you. I stayed up till like midnight. I couldn't get to bed, and I'm like you. I, I'm today. I'm struggling. I don't know how Trent does this every day. <laughs> um, I am like oh, and I got to do this Thursday night because I'm sure they'll tip out out west. Oh, well, for sure and, they I don't will. Know, probably nine nine thirty. No, for sure. Here we are. It's going to be a midnight finish. I'll be calling in Friday morning, just waiting for some coffee. I
1: don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Talk to you then, if not before. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate the oh, call. I yeah, good to hear from you. Uh, good, good stuff. It's, it's playoffs. You know, I you gotta. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I tip my cap to you for being able to <laughs> stay up to the end of it. Uh, I was looking forward here. We
2: would get a game seven. In this series? In this series, it would be Sunday, April... No, that can't be right. No, that can't be right. I'm looking at this wrong. It's got to go to May. Right. Game six would be Friday the 28th, so Sunday the 30th
1: would be a game seven.
2: So not as long as I thought it was going to be. No, not bad. Not bad.
1: If we do get that far.
2: Kind of felt like we... I like tonight where we get three games. Two games is just. Yeah. Need that one more for the first round. Right. I know what they're doing. Yep. Pushing this thing back, and it's good for us, right? Absolutely. Get, get take us, take us to July yes. if you can.
1: Middle <laughs> of June back. was signed for, both of them. I think
2: June 19th is the game seven if we get to that for the NBA. Finals. Is that right? I think
1: that's what it was. Jeez. And then it's got to be close with the NHL uh, as well. By the way, uh, not uh, anything to do with sports, which is really unlike us. Uh oh. Do you see what's going on in Southwest today? The only the reason I bring no. it up is we're flying south. We flight. are south. Saw- they've canceled every flight. What? Or they've stopped. I shouldn't say canceled. They've got a ground stop on every single flight in their fleet is right now on the ground, not flying. Same thing that happened at Christmas with this computer system. Right. Well, get this thing figured out. Because we're headed to Vegas. We love for our... Uh, Kind of a weird segue, but here we are. We'd love you to come with us. Now, I'm not suggesting to fly southwest. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, but we are going to be in Las Vegas. Are the details up on our Twitter account? I'm going to put
2: them up during the break along with the link that you can click on that link and it takes will take it right you right
1: there. Yeah. Uh, so here's what we're talking about. We're going to Vegas to watch the Cubs and the Cardinals. Uh, we've got a phenomenal discount at Circa for our listeners or even if you're not our listeners, come on along. Yeah. Uh, May 7th, which is a Sunday, the room rate is, is good on May 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. So Sunday through Wednesday, 30% off your room. You're going to get a view of Stadium Swim if you're one of the first rooms that are booked. They've said that it's a pretty good chance that everybody that books is going to get one, but for now, we got because they've got a couple of groups, I guess, that they're not sure how many people are going to be coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got booths, those private booths where you watch the game. Um, Right in front of the world's largest sports book. You're going to get stadium swim, a cabana stadium swim. You're going to get more perks by traveling with us than you would uh, otherwise. You're going to save money on your room. You're not going to have the cabana fee. Uh, You're not going to have the fee of sitting in in those private booths. There's Cubs cars. There's NBA. There's NHL. I get it's not the weekend, and you have to take some work time off, but uh, we'd love to have you come along with us. The details will be up at the Miller & Condon Twitter account. Maybe don't fly Southwest <laughs> uh, if you don't want to take a chance. I, this kills me because it's my favorite airline by a mile. I just
2: found a flight right now, leaving Sunday, coming back Wednesday for $143. Return? Uh, come back on Wednesday. On Frontier, you go out on Elysian. But you get there Sunday. You have got to be kidding me. Yeah. So how much is the flat on Legion? Uh, well, it just combined it together, one forty three. You have got to be kidding me! Yeah, you can get there for really cheap, and that's another thing. We're going out of time, and anymore, so many people have the ability to work remotely. Yeah, that's true uh, too. I was to work in to your some office. Friends into coming out.
1: Hey, do your work. Yeah, and then we'll do a little partying afterwards. You set up, set up your, set up your, uh, your workstation. Mm-hmm. Uh, close to the window where you just turn to your left or whatever, <laughs> their stadium swim below you, you get the itch, you go down on your coffee break or your yeah. lunch break or whatever. Uh, We're going to have a great time. We are going to have a great time. Yeah. We're going to have a blast. And it's 30% off your room. You've got the uh, the booth seating, the stadium swim, the cabana. Um you get to meet Mike Palm, he's gonna be hanging out yeah, with us. Derek
2: Stevens, the owner. Mm-hmm. So many of the great people involved there. We've talked about Jeff Benson. Matt Metcalf. So mm-hmm. many of the people. If you if you like sports wagering and you have some questions or you just want to know kind of more about the business, this would be a great opportunity to go out there and not meet you know some people that you meet when you have one of these events. Right. These are the people genuine folks. Yes. It is so much fun. We're yep. gonna have a great time. Got a lot of fun stuff planned. Hang out at the cabana with us mm-hmm. at Stadium Swim. Hang out. We'll be doing our show every day. We'll do it from Stadium Swim one of the days. Overhang, looking over the sports book, Victory Burger. Yes, right over there. Uh, they have a great look there. So, hang out with us. Come out there, or if you don't want to hang out with us, just go out and get a
1: great right. Ride. Precisely. 30% off your room and yeah. see what we've been talking about for, yes. for over a year now Circa is spectacular downtown on Fremont Street but it probably won't be really busy on Monday and Tuesday but you're still going to be uh, get plenty of people watching opportunities I
2: already took a look at some of the bands on the free stages that are going to be playing too on
1: the, uh, the, on Sunday and Mon- or on Monday or Monday Tuesday Monday and Tuesday really
2: uh, one of them is one that I haven't seen that I wanted to it's like the alternate rock band you know I like my 90s rock music yeah. and, and it's uh, one of those cover bands so i'm excited i think they're tuesday night that they're going to be playing oh. sunday night it'll be uh spandex nation i've told you guys a story before about having fun with those guys and they play the 80s rock music and they're a lot of fun that's derek's favorite band Is it? <laughs> yep and uh my opportunity to hang out up there it's it's a really really fun time and not only that but we got some pretty cool things that are also going to be happening so make it happen like Ken said, yeah, it's during the work week, but you're not probably going to have a better time to meet it's some of these people, do these things, and it's not going to be crazy busy. No, we'll do it again in August for the football yep, signups. So yep. we'll, we'll do that as well. So if you're, but I don't think you're going to get thirty percent off your room. Not, not at this. And I no. looked right now, uh, the room rate with the discount right now is one hundred twenty-five
1: bucks a night. Uh, That's are stealing. Um, do you have that band list? Is that uh, the band that I saw? Alter Ego was the name of the band. That they're, they're phenomenal. I, are they? Now you were pretty hopped up. Oh, on I was course. completely toasted. I was in. <laughs> but I just I was I couldn't move. I was just Let's enthralled that by that. I want to see that. They were phenomenal. There, I think. Last time you went to bed too early. Well, ten.
2: Let's keep you out to eleven.
1: All right, that's the goal. Miller and Condon uh, back with Matt Postons. Colorado, are they on the cusp? Did you see that from yes. yesterday? Yes. It sounds like it's the Pac-12 is about to go boom. Miller and Condon. Uh, Before we do that, though, um, it's time for another $1,000 home run. KXNO.com right now. The keyword for this hour is bank. Bank. At KXNO.com, bank at KXNO.com, your chance to win $1,000. Bank at KXNO.com, other opportunity coming up an hour from now and then every single hour uh, throughout the remainder of uh, local programming here on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Jins.com. Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. We take it until one o'clock. Matt Man in Sports Info Solutions kicks off hour number two on the NFL draft. And then Ben Gislason as the Iowa Wild are in the playoffs for the only the second time in franchise history. We'll talk about that. Let's get to our buddy Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports, a terrific resource for the Big 12. Matt, uh, Trenton, Ken, as always, good to reconnect with you. How you been, Matt?
3: Hey, I've been all right. In fact, you, you mentioned the Iowa Wild. That was a game one last night between the Stars and the Wild. Ah, that, that was, was a game great Wild one. Game and the officiating was just god-awful. Uh, never seen a poor, more poorly officiated game on both sides of my entire life in a hockey game. <laughs> did
1: that you make it bad. till the end? Did you stay till the end?
3: I did not make it till the end. Good for I you. About two a.m.
1: Oh. <laughs> Trent did too, and he yeah. turned the TV off at one, so he yeah. didn't have the drive. But man, I tip my cap <laughs> yeah. to both of you. That was. Uh, I hope it's a long series. I really do. This is uh, this is really good. These two teams going at uh, at each other. Um, so we'll see. But. Hockey aside, let's, uh, let's start. I want to start with, um, what seemingly is, uh, George Kliakov, who is, I don't know. I don't want to say he's lying to the schools, uh, that remain in, in the, uh, in the Pac 12, but boy, oh boy, the goalposts are seemingly moved weekly. Now the deadline is June the 30th after it came, uh, April the 15th came and went. That was on the heels of March the 30th and March the 15th and dot, dot, dot. You know where I'm going. Um, it, yeah. so, it sure seems like, that there's nothing there. I don't know what can be there. What are you guys at Heartland College Sports? What do you think potentially is still out there for the Pac-12 in order to save this thing and keep that conference together?
3: Well, I think it's going to be some combination of ESPN and at least one, perhaps two streamers. Um, you know, I think what I think what Klavkov's strategy has been all along is the hope that one of these streamers like Amazon or Apple that is trying to get into the sports space would overpay for a significant package of games. You know, if you go back to like 93, 94, when Fox bought into the NFL for the first time, Uh they didn't have an NFL footprint at all, but they basically shoved a ton of money at the NFL and said, Hey, we want the NFC. We'll figure it out. And they did.
1: And they gave us a ton of money to John Madden too, which didn't hurt. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what he was kind of hoping for was that somebody would, you know, shovel a ton of money from a streaming standpoint. Now, some things haven't gone their way. The economy is in a different situation than it was six months ago. That has definitely hurt, um, sports negotiations like this because, you know, rights fees are tend to be very durable. You know, they don't, they don't tend to go down like this, like it seems to be with the Pac 12. They tend to go up, maybe not stratospherically up, but they, they tend to go up on a, on a scale in which you get more money with your next contract. I think the three biggest mistakes they've made is number one, they haven't expanded. They, they need to do that right now. They lost their top market. They lost USC and UCLA. They need to do that. That would enhance their ability to get a better television deal. That's up to the PAC 12 presidents. I think there's a, a real lack of understanding between the academics and the athletics part of this. I hear, I see a lot of PAC 12 people trying to make an academic argument. This isn't about academics. Most athletic budgets have nothing to do with academics. You need to separate those two things. And three, like you said, Klavkov set very high expectations at the beginning of all this, and he hasn't been able to deliver. And I think a lot of Pac-12 schools are now, you know, right now, just they're they're being patient. But I think they're also building contingency plans, too.
2: Colorado makes a ton of sense. but. If you add four, you get the four corner schools. Now, Utah, it looks like has, in comparison to the other four, maybe has the least amount of want to to make the jump into the Big 12. If it would just be two, though, Colorado and whom do you think is the best fit?
3: Uh, I think the basketball coaches want Arizona. I think the football coaches probably want Arizona State. I think the commissioner probably wants Arizona State because if you're thinking of it from a market standpoint, like a television market standpoint, um, Tucson gets you most of Arizona in terms of the designated market area. I'm sorry, Tempe gets you most of Arizona in terms of the designated market area. T- uh, Tucson just gets you Tucson. Mm-hmm. And N- Tucson's not an insignificant market, but it's on the level of Lubbock. If you get Tempe in Arizona State, you get Phoenix, you pretty much get the entire, you know, three quarters of the northern part of the state. It's a top 30 DMA. It helps you from a television negotiating standpoint. So, if you're thinking about the the television part of it, it's Arizona state if you're thinking about you know the the basketball part of it, it's Arizona.
1: Wow, uh, and it sure seems like Colorado is going to be first. Uh, they had the they had a meeting behind closed doors, their board of regents, whatever it was, apparently, uh, yesterday. I, I'm I'm kind of torn on this one, Matt. I remember what it was like when I thought my friends in the Big Twelve were about to lose, lose their their conference was. I mean, we went we signed off the air on Friday, thinking we come back on Monday that boom, it's gone, uh, and I felt horrible for them. I'm kind of that way yeah. with the Pac-12 as well. I don't want people's you know uh, sports. Um, hard to be ripped out of them, but seemingly that's where we're at. Did Klyakov just overplay his hand?
3: I I think to a certain degree he overplayed it, but I think there's one thing about this conversation we haven't had any conversation about. Since the Big 12 was formed in 96, up until USC and UCLA, the only conference that had lost and gained membership was the Big 12. (laughs) They're they're the only one. Hmm. When all those schools left 10 years ago, It took the Big 12 about a year to really kind of figure out what it wanted to do next. So when Texas and Oklahoma left uh, now two years ago, gosh, um, it's like the rest of the league went through the five five stages of grief in like three weeks (laughs) because they'd been through it before. Mm -hmm. And once they decided, you know what, it makes more sense for us to stay together than to break apart, everything just kind of moved from there. I think the experience matters here. They had experience with this. They had been through an expansion process that failed. They knew who they wanted to add. They weren't worried about trying to placate Texas and Oklahoma anymore, which has been a concern in this yep. conference since it was formed. Yep. And the Pac-12 doesn't have any experience with this because, in our lifetimes, the Pac-12 has been a stable conference. Sure. I think that's a big part of it. You know, none of these athletic directors, presidents, Clive Coffin had to deal with this kind of discombobulation, and that's part of the reason I think we're sitting here nine year, nine months. You know, from the announcement and they don't have a TV deal, and they don't have expansion, because they just don't have any experience with it, and they can't seem to make a decision.
2: It's a wild time, and the future from where the Big 12 has been multiple times to where they are today, to be in a power position, and and I think maybe aligning themselves to become the third. Football-wise, absolutely. The SEC and the Big 10 financially are on a different level, but you become that number 3 conference with, obviously, the outposts that they have, there's a real opportunity here for the Big 12, and the thing is, what's too big? You get to 16 if you add four. You add basketball members and Gonzaga and whoever else. Is there a level where you get too big and then becomes untenable again?
3: That's possible, and I think that's something you have to guard against. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I think is good from their standpoint, the Big 12, is that they're dealing from a position of stability. And when the Big East went through this, you know that, that cycle of expansion and losing teams, they were always dealing from a position of weakness because they were replacing teams that had left. Big 12 won't be replacing anything. They've already done that with the four teams they're bringing in on, in July. Anything they do now is additive. Anything they do now enhances their product and enhances what they're trying to do right now. So they're, they're, I'd rather do that from a position of stability than a position of weakness. I've said all along, you know, give me sixteen football schools and give me twenty total. The other four play basketball. And I think that's probably the limit because you can mm-hmm. you can do a lot of the things you're doing with scheduling right now for football and basketball with that kind of even numbered sixteen and twenty.
1: Makes a lot of sense. Uh Matt poston's Heartland College Sports is our is our guest. Well, let's talk a little bit of football. Um you know, I guess we got to start with Texas, right? Uh, Arch Manning and uh, yours going at it after uh, they both practiced over the weekend. Uh, apparently, yours was way better. Arch Manning looked like he was, you know, it may not over his head. He's going to be fine, but it, uh the speed of the game, maybe he wasn't ready for it. Uh, what uh, What were some of your takeaways? I'm not sure you were there. I know that uh, for sure that you followed it. So what did you learn about te- Texas's uh, weekend?
3: Yeah, I mean, we, we saw the experience that Quinn Ewers has developed in that offense over the past couple of years. Same with Malik Murphy. You know, he's been in the program for more than a year now. So he's got experience with the playbook that, uh, that Arch Manning does not. I thought Arch played perfectly fine. I mean, yeah, he made some mistakes. You know, there was definitely some areas of that game where you watch him and you say, okay, in about a year, year and a half, he's going to do that about a half a step quicker and that pass is going to come out of his hands a lot faster. And he's not going to leave that receiver hanging there over the middle. Um, it's just a development thing. It's, it's so hard to make the jump from high school to college. And that's part of the reason why Arch came, you know, into Texas and enrolled early. He wanted to get a head start. I don't think he went into this with the expectation that he was going to be the starter in the fall. I think he went into this with the expectation that he was there basically to learn for a year because Quinn Ewers is the entrenched starter and Quinn did absolutely nothing to change anybody's mind on that on Saturday. He played very well. Stark said, obviously, you know, Quinn is our starter for the fall. It's a much different situation for Texas than last spring when Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card were still fighting for the job going into August. It puts Texas in a really good situation from a quarterback standpoint, especially if they're if they don't lose anybody to the transfer portal. I don't think Arch is going anywhere. I'm assuming Malik Murphy won't go anywhere either. So if, if they if they've got all three of these guys going into the season, they're set at the quarterback position.
2: Year number one, not a very good one for Brent Venables in Oklahoma. They finish the year six and six in the regular season, lose a bowl game. Where are the Sooners? You're right back at the top, or do you anticipate more growing pains in year two?
3: I think it will be a little bit better. Um, I think it's really going to boil down to their quarterback play. I mean, they've got a lot of really interesting, talented pieces at the quarterback position, but they don't have a lot of experience there, so they've got to figure out who gives them the best chance to win. I think their defense is going to be a lot better. If you go back and look at Brent Venables' history at Clemson and other schools where he's coached at, You know, he installs the system year one, you know, is a little bit, you know, there's a definite learning curve, but once you get to year two, things start looking the way uh, that he wants them to look on the defensive side. So I I think this is going to be a much better defensive team this year uh, than an offensive team. And, you know, maybe they're like an eight or nine win team. Maybe they get to double digits. Maybe they're in contention for the Big 12 title, but their ability to contend is going to really depend upon who their quarterback is. And how talented they are, and how quickly they can handle everything in that offense. How does TCU
1: avoid being a, uh, a flash in the pan? Look, Chandler Morris was the guy last year. He beat out Max Duggan, right in in the spring, and yep. he started game number one. Now he's back, and apparently he's healthy. Is TCU going to be right back up there at the top of the division, or the conference again?
3: I think they've got a good chance. You know, uh, Morris is a guy that has you know he's been in Sunny Dyke system for a year as a backup, so he understands how everything's. Uh, uh, going to happen on the field. Obviously, they've got some big shoes to fill with Quentin Johnson at wide receiver. Um, Kendra Miller at running back. They lost some you know, solid pieces on the defensive side, too. Um, you know, I see them contending. I don't necessarily see them winning the Big 12, but I, I think they've got some... The great thing about what they, they did last year was they stacked a lot of young talent behind the starters that they had last year and, and, and worked to develop them. And they didn't lose a lot of them in the transfer portal. They lost a few, but they didn't lose a lot of them. And what they've been able to replace with what they've brought in through the transfer portal has a good chance to start or heavily contribute for them this season. So I think they're going to be competitive. Um, they're not going to play quite at last year's level, but I think they'll be competitive with everybody.
2: One more uh, down note last year for Gundy. I kind of like that Oklahoma State coming team coming into the year. Spencer Sanders departs off to Ole Miss. What about the Cowboys and Gundy? I, I know he's John. Somebody entered the portal and he said, you know, well,
1: he, he starting lost, left uh, tackle. Yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's it's you know again for them it's going to be the quarterback position. Um, you know, I I think they'll be fine in the trenches. Uh, they've done a good job developing defenders over the past few years. Um, they really you know this conference you know we talk about the running game being so ubiquitous the past couple of years how teams have really gotten back to to running the football using a system of two or three backs and you know not de-emphasizing the pass game but putting a little less emphasis on you know an air raid kind of offense um but in this conference it still boils down to how well your quarterback plays and for the teams that don't have a lot of experience at the position like Oklahoma State coming into this season how the quarterback they select and how well they play in the regular season is going to be paramount to their success so again i think Oklahoma State is a team that i think can be a potential Contender in the conference, but it's all going to boil down to how their quarterback plays.
1: And and finally, we got to ask you about Iowa State Uh, again. They're still going through their spring; they finish up this weekend. Uh, Heartland College Sports, watching from afar. How do you guys see Iowa State this year?
3: You know, I I I think um, again, number one, quarterback. Um, I think they should be better at a lot of positions because they had a lot of young players last year at key places like running back, wide receiver, uh, quarterback. you know, they, they, they lost some key pieces on the defensive side too. So I think that, that youth that they developed last year is going to benefit them greatly this year. I didn't see them lose a whole lot in the transfer portal in terms of experience. So that helps too. You've got some continuity and they've done a good job of bringing in some, uh, some players that can impact them from the standpoint of, of the transfer portal as well. It's one of the things that's so hard about trying to, you know, prognosticate what might happen down the line is you have, not just the recruiting class come in, but you had the transfer class coming in. Yep. And then now you have this window till the end of the April when uh, underclassmen can declare for the transfer portal. And, you know, TCU lost a few on Saturday. Texas lost a few on Saturday. So, you know, you look at ESPN's FPI right now, Texas is the number five team. And I'm like, well, maybe, but, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just crazy. But they did have. All 14 of the Big 12 teams ranked, and I think the lowest was Kansas at number 68, so at least ESPN's FPI seems to think pretty highly of the Big 12 coming into the season. I think Iowa State was closer to the bottom than the top, mm-hmm. but they're always one of those teams where if they, if they have the right quarterback and they have the right, uh, right running back, they can make some noise.
1: Good stuff. What what did Colorado use, use, lose yesterday? Seven or nine, I think, transferred. Is that what it was? I think it was a big number. Clearing maybe. out the house. He's clearing them out, right? Running them off. Uh, Matt Postens, Heartland College Sports. Phenomenal resource uh, for the uh, Big 12. You got a good piece up on on It's more than basketball. It's uh, Pac-12, Big 12 as well. But Matt Postens, one of the key writers over at Heartland College Sports. Thanks for getting up with us. Well done staying up late for the hockey game last night. Uh, terrific theater. Matt, we'll talk in the weeks to come. Thank Thank you, as always.
3: Yeah, you bet. Appreciate it, guys.
1: Yeah, Good to talk to you. Matt Postons, Heartland College Sports. Uh, good stuff. Uh, Ten minutes before noon, I will take our final time out, come up, uh, back, rather finish the hour. Conversation in our number two centers around the NFL draft. Uh, and then we will talk to Ben Gisleson, the wild, the Iowa wild in the playoffs. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Now back to Miller & Condon. On
0: 106.3 KXNO, here's Ken and Trent.
1: Hi, i Hillary Condon. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station. It's 106.3 KXNO. Zach Eadie is declaring for the draft while maintaining his college eligibility. So he's going to uh, kick the tires, let the executives stay, give him the feedback, and mm-hmm. make his decision from there. What do you think he does? I think he comes back. I do don't think that
2: he'll be selected. Mm-hmm, he's,
1: yeah, I don't. Well, maybe second round. Oh yeah,
2: late. Right. But we know there's no guarantees right. at that point. That's true. I think he's going to be back in a Purdue uniform, and they invest in basketball certainly mm-hmm. more than football. Mm-hmm, yep. I don't see seven foot four trudging around plus <laughs>
1: seven foot four after
2: that loss. Yeah, man, that it, was brutal. That stinks.
1: Uh, you you have to think right that um, not
2: just losing to a sixteen losing to a sixteen that didn't have a player taller than six six
1: I know and those freshmen were scared in that mm-hmm. game they were the guards there's no question about it uh, meanwhile Iowa State continues to sign <laughs> <start laughs> as many guards as they possibly can uh-huh. it's incredible what they're building up there a complete retooling of the backcourt and you know the story
2: is pretty cool here I mean this is a kid. First of all, Minneapolis, now is family, a little bit easier to watch you yep, play, right? Yep. <laughs> Compared to having to head out to Buffalo. Buffalo, right. Right. But Curtis Jones did not have a D1 offer coming out of high school.
1: Isn't that something?
2: Went down to Indian Hills, got a D1 yep. offer then at Buffalo, and continued his career. And put up big numbers there. And barely played the first year, and then second year, completely exploded in. It'll be interesting to see kind of how he fits in and what this backward is. But talent, it's not going to be a problem. And it looks like scoring ability? Maybe. Right now, is it is it crazy to say this is the best offensive team in T.J. Otzelberger?
1: Now, it's not a real high bar. No. <laughs> no. Isaiah Brockington was terrific, but he didn't, we didn't expect him to be the guy mm-hmm. offensively that he turned out to. There wasn't a guy last year. No. I mean, Holmes was good. He was fine. He was fine, right. But you, you need more than that. Talsher was too inconsistent. Uh, yeah, exactly. And he had a great career at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. A really good career at Iowa State. Um, what do you th- what do we think about Williams with all these guards that they keep bringing? Is, is there more of a significant injury there than maybe you we're not being led on? That's mm-hmm. not that Maybe than you know originally thought put it that way.
2: It's an Achilles injury. We don't see a ton of them in comparison. What do you think Achilles? I just think of Kobe. Well,
1: yeah, he, was, he shot speaking, his free throws before he left the game.
2: Speaking of unicorns, I mean he's a one of one, right? And it's hard to kind of well, you know, Kobe did it. Well,
1: mm-hmm. Okay,
2: I understand what you're saying, but that doesn't... You're just
1: using him in the same sentences. Right. Right.
2: You can't. A different kind of injury. Uh So I think it's the great unknown. Now, we know he's been putting the
1: work in in the weight room. That picture. Oh, boy. That we saw of him. Mm -hmm. He is put together. Yes, he He is. He looks like a different guy. He does, absolutely. All right, uh, it's noon. We've got another keyword coming up in about 25 minutes. We're going to talk NFL draft. We're going to concentrate on the four regionals. What do they need? Uh, And then Ben Gislison We'll do a little puck. Iowa Wild variety with yes, listen, the voice of the Iowa Wild. They're here Friday night, Game 2. Uh, we'll talk about that. Hour 2 coming up next. 106.3 KXA